PulseCast is written and produced by students at SUNY New Pulse. The views and opinions expressed by the podcast creators, hosts, and guests do not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of SUNY New Pulse. Welcome to PulseCast, an original student-produced podcast from the campus of SUNY New Pulse. This is season one, covering everything from food to folklore. We hope you enjoy listening as much as we've enjoyed creating. Subscribe for new episodes and topics every semester. Welcome to the Sports Desk on PulseCast with myself, Anthony, Peyton, Kyle, Caleb, Kira, and Jake. Today, we will be discussing Major League Baseball's award races and the playoffs, as well as our thoughts on the upcoming NBA season, including our own picks, as well as thoughts from fellow Hawk students. We hope you enjoy. With the MLB season winding down, we just wanted to talk about the individual awards that are coming up. You know, the award races are coming down. So let's start off with the AL Cy Young. Who do you all think is going to win this year? I got for the AL Cy Young. I got Robbie Ray. I think he's dominated the second half of the season since the All-Star break. It pains me to say Garrett Cole's kind of fallen off a little bit of a cliff. His last three starts hasn't looked great. Gave up seven runs against probably the worst offense in the American League yesterday. Not looking great for his chances, sadly, for me as a Yankee fan. Wanted to see him win an award this year, but I don't think it's going to happen. Like I said, Robbie Ray has just dominated the league. He's taken it over pretty much. He's taken control of his own destiny. He has another two good starts for the end of the season. He's walking away with that award, in my opinion. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna say Robbie Ray as well. Um before yesterday I would have said Garrett Cole, but um you allow seven runs to Cleveland uh, Guardians of all teams. Um you don't deserve any type of award in my opinion. Um so yeah, I think it's gonna go to Robbie Ray. He's had a great breakout season. And yeah, two more starts he he's got in the bag. Yeah, I, I agree. I'm I'm gonna go I mean, I'm partial to the Blue Jays because, you know, it's where I'm from, so um, I'm probably going to say Ray anyway, even if it was, uh, I mean, it is close. I mean, Garrett Cole, you know, 15 and seven, uh, Robbie Ray's 12 and five. The ERAs are pretty much, are pretty close. I mean, Ray's 2.64, Cole's 2.75. Uh, Robbie Ray's 233 strikeouts, which is, is that leading the league? And now it is after Cole's last start. He's yeah. leading the league and he's leading the league. He has less innings than Cole too, with more strikeouts. So. Yeah. So, yeah. So I, I'll say Ray as well. Um, I'm just going to echo that sentiment as well. The reason why I would say Robbie Ray, it's, it really kills me, honestly, that Robbie Ray is going to win the Scion this year because the Yankees have been targeting him for so long. I'm a Yankees fan, like most of you in here. We don't have him. He's now killing on the Toronto Blue Jays. Like you said, he leads the league in ERA. He also leads the league in strikeouts. As you said, Garrett Cole's inconsistency throughout the season is also a factor that you have to you know, acknowledge. So, yeah, I would say Robbie Ray as well. Um, moving on to the NL, Anthony, what are your thoughts on them? Talking Cy Young? Yes. I think Walker Buehler is walking away with this award. I don't even think it's a competition at this point. I think Walker Buehler has been the best pitcher in the National League since day one. I mean, you could even say his, his now teammate, Max Scherzer, is in the conversation, but I think Walker Buehler has been dominant. He's been on a mission to win that award. He's been the best pitcher on maybe not the best record, but the best roster. And I think he's going to just finish out his season strong, walk away with that award, and just take it home for the Dodgers. Um, I haven't had a chance to look under the hood um, at the advanced analytics of this, but, um, yeah, I'm going to say Beal as well. Um, he's just been 
dominant the entire season. Uh, Max Scherzer, he's had a great season after 2020 when everyone thought he was falling off a cliff a little bit. Um, so he's going to get um, like second place in Cy Young voting, but I think this is Bueller's um, Cy Young to lose. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I think, too, it's probably Bueller and Scherzer. Uh, I'm going to go to the stats again here. Um, Scherzer's actually leading the league in uh, in ERA, 2.08. Um, Bueller's not too far behind, 2.39. Uh, both, I think, have 14 wins, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, Scherzer, 14 and four. Um, Bueller's 14 and four. Is that is that correct? The, the records are the same, but uh, we're at a point now with Cy Young voting where I think records completely irrelevant yeah, in yeah. voting for the award. I mean, we've had Felix win the award with six wins or, or seven wins a few yeah. years ago. Jacob DeGrom had, what, 10. 10 wins when he won the award. I mean, I think we're at the point now in the sport of baseball where analytics are so dominant, thankfully, because award uh, winning and losing is completely reluctant on the pitcher. I mean, I've seen so many games where a guy will give up one or two runs and his team will lose, so... Yeah, I think it's a lot more than win-loss record. Yeah, that's true. It's a good point there. Yeah, so I'm actually going to switch it up. I think Max Scherzer is going to win. I'm going to tell you again, Max Scherzer leads the league in ERA. Ever since he was traded to the Dodgers, he's been very dominant, getting all the headlines. And I think name recognition is very important. I know people will want to introduce a new Cy Young winner into the ranks, so bring in Walker Bueller. But at the same time, Max Scherzer, um, like Peyton said, they kind of left him for dead after the 2020 season. They didn't know, you know, how his career was going to end up. Many people were doubting him. And with this transition to the Dodgers, he's just upped his game another level. And he showed the same sort of career extension that Justin Verlander did when he was traded to the Astros, a very similar sort of projection. So I think it's a great story for the league. So my pick is going to be Max Scherzer. You really can't go wrong with either of those guys, for being honest. I Take agree. either of them on your team in a second. I agree. The Dodgers have, you know, a luxury, just a wealth of pitches, you know. Um, but speaking of, you know, just winners in general like the Dodgers, the AL MVP race is also winding down. Anthony, who's your pick? Uh, well, I'm going to do the, the talking about and, uh, and team that's not winning so much. I'm going to take Shohei Otani. I think he's doing something that we haven't seen since the 1920s. And it's kind of unfair to take anybody else. And it's actually a disservice to Vlad Jr. He's having one of the best offensive seasons the league's probably ever had. He has a he's got an outside shot of winning the triple crown. And if he does that, it's gonna be interesting to, to have a conversation about somebody who won a triple crown but may not have won an MVP. That's actually an incredible thing to think about. But Otani leads the league in war. He's got over 100 innings now. He stayed healthy. He's been dominant on the mound. His last start, he went eight strong, had about 10 strikeouts, 12 strikeouts. Dominating the league, had 40-plus homers. It's hard to pick anybody else in this spot. Yeah, it's really, it's really hard. Um, I'm going to go with Otani, too. Um, there's just no way around it. Like, If you're one of the best hitters in baseball and one of the best pitchers in baseball, you deserve to win MVP because that's something no one, well, maybe Babe Ruth, uh, but no one else has ever done in the history of baseball. We are see- seeing historic um, stuff from Otani this year. My fear is is that if Otani continues to be like an above average hitter, slightly above average hitter, above average pitcher every single year for the rest of his career, are you going to give him the MVP every single year? That's one of my fears. Yeah, I mean, again, you know, I'm, I'm partial to Toronto, but I, I got to go. Um, 
I gotta say Otani as well. I mean, it's like, like you talked about. You guys mentioned Babe Ruth. It's like if if you put Babe Ruth in today, it's like you get Otani. Like it's crazy, and it's not like like Otani is like he's he's huge. He's like six six four. He's he's a he's like he's a big guy too. It's just crazy. It's, and I think if it was any other year, you know, you'd say a guy like Vlad Jr. would would win it. Um, I mean, he's what f- leading in home runs, leading in RBIs. Um, or leading in home runs, leading in average. He's like fourth, fifth in RBIs. Crazy. Um, but this guy's got, what, how many homers? he got 44 homers. And he's 44, nine, and, I believe. And he's 44, and he's 9-2. and two. Like, come on, man. Like, that's that's crazy. And the Angels are still under 500. Yeah. Oh, although Which, I will say Anthony made a good point. If Vlad wins the Triple Crown, there's going to be voters that think, well, the Triple Crown matters, but that think the Triple Crown matters over – everything else and he'll get um the mvp which is what happened in 2012 with miguel cabrera and mike trout vlad's on a triple crown pace and he has three less war than shohei otani how incredible is that how you can lead the league in pretty much every hitting category and still be pretty much three wins worse than the guy you're in a competition against yeah listen that's very true um and despite all that, I'm going to go with Vlad Guerrero Jr. Um, just to shake it up a little bit, I think Shohei Otani is going to win the award, but I do think Vlad needs serious consideration, like you all said, leading the league in homers, leading the league in average, fourth or fifth in RBIs. Also, again, name recognition. His father did some great things in this league. You know, they love to tell stories. You know, having a father-son duo who have been very dominant in their careers is something that the MLB could push. I'm not sure if they want to do it. They probably won't. At the same time, I understand Shohei Otani, you know, a Japanese player, being able to come over to the league and be dominant on both sides of the ball, being a pitcher and a hitter, you know, that's very compelling. But to me, I think having a Vlad Guerrero Jr. as an AL MVP, especially considering the Angels are nowhere near contention, the Toronto Blue Jays are still fighting for a playoff spot, so you can argue that he's contributing more to winning despite war. You know, the actual tangible statistics are saying the Blue Jays have more wins than the Angels, so there's something to be said for that. And I understand that that, that baseball is not a individual sport where one player can truly affect the team's difference. But at the same time, voters will take that into account. So I'm going to say Vlad Guerrero Jr. for the AL. Um, does anything up, anybody else have anything else to say about this? Well, speaking of crazy things, you know, people are having crazy seasons. And the NL. Let's talk about the NL MVP. Anthony, again, please start us off. Who is your pick? All right. I'm going outside the box. I'm going unconventional. I'm taking Juan Soto. I think he's probably the best young hitter in baseball. He's an absolutely incredible talent. The kid gets on base 46% of the time. He has a 460 on base percentage. That is literally off the charts good. He's hitting 315. He's on a team that's garbage. He's never going to win the award. I think he deserves love and needs to be talked about more because he's on a bad team. No one really discusses him. I think the award legitimately goes to Tatis, probably. He's got the best stats. The Padres are semi-relevant. They're kind of falling out of it. What about Bryce Harper? I'm going to be old school. The RBIs aren't there for me. <laughs> They're not there. That's my that's my old man, old boomer baseball take. You got to have some runner, runs batted in. You got to do stuff. And listen, if the Phillies get in, he'll have a shot at it, probably. But I think I want in my heart, as an analytics guy, I want Soto to win it just because he's dominated the league in terms of batting. Um, my opinion on this award has flip flopped throughout the season. Like 
in May, I thought Tatis. In June, I thought Tatis. July and August, I thought Harper. And now I, I'm going with Anthony. I'm going with Juan Soto. Um, you have an on-base percentage of 457. You, you that's, that's ridiculous. Um, and the one thing that he has over Harper and Tatis is that he, he has played very good defense. Is that going to sustain in the next few years? Probably not. But he's been the better defender of the three. And I think um, if it comes to a tiebreaker um, in offense, that's, that should matter a little more. And that's why I'm going with Juan Soto. Yeah, I'm going to go with Bryce Harper. Um, you know, and I think my reasoning for it is just the record. I mean, they're second place in the in the NL East. He's batting 313, which is really, really good. Um, he's got like 30, I think 33 home runs. But like Anthony said, I mean the RBIs aren't there. But um, yeah, I mean I'll, I'll go I'll go Harper just because um, just because I think the combination of the average, the home runs, and the winning. Um, but anybody from I was gonna kind of an open question. Anybody from uh, the Giants, or the Dodgers, just because of the, those two teams are like in a different stratosphere when it comes to the National League and the whole league in general. So I just I just want. To the know thoughts on that. Problem with the Dodgers is they have so many good players that it's hard to pick one of them that's the best of the bunch. Like, I mean, Trey Turner is having an incredible season. Nobody's even talking about him. I mean, the Giants. I guess Brandon Crawford, you could say, is having a really, really good season. But MVP, I don't know. I mean, if anybody were to win an award on that team, it'd probably be a pitcher. I would say probably Kevin Gosman, but I don't think he's going to. I think the Giants are a team where it's they've compiled enough smart analytics in terms of lifting the baseball, pitching well, keeping the ball in your stadium, pitching to your stadium strength, and beating up on bad pitching that they've just dominated the regular season. I think, personally, in the playoffs, they're a flash-in-the-pan type team. First round and out, especially if they have to play the Dodgers, which it looks like they're going to have to, or vice versa. They're going to have to play the Dodgers regardless, it seems, because either one of them is going to have the best record in the National League, and then they have to play the wild card game. And then whoever wins the wild card game plays the team with the best record. So I think the Dodgers would kill them in a playoff series, to be completely honest. I think they're better in every aspect of the game. But in terms of winning awards for those teams, winning actually can play against you when you have so many good players on your team and you're winning so much and you're not head and shoulders better than everybody else. I actually agree with that. Um, Again, I'm going to be unconventional. I'm going with Fernando Tatis. I mean, that's not necessarily unconventional because you all mentioned him briefly, but nobody picked him. I'm going to go with Fernando Tatis again because I think the MLB needs to really, really emphasize their marketing. And the person who's going to do that out of this field is Fernando Tatis Jr. I know I'm a casual, very casual MLB fan. But whenever I see highlights, I see Fernando Tatis hitting grand slams. I see him making diving catches. I see him getting chewed out by Manny Machado in the dugout. You know what I'm saying? And people awesome are, video. Yeah, people are, you know what I'm saying, getting amped up over that. To me, he's the person that... He's, what, 22, 23 years old or something like that, still very young, just about to be in his prime. I know Juan Soto is also very young, too, so that age difference isn't really there. And Bryce Harper is an established, quote-unquote, superstar in the MLB. But, you know, a guy who, he, he's, I mean, he's just really doing everything. He's a human highlight reel. And uh, the statistics also back it up. So I'm going to go with Fernando Tatis Jr., Now that you've heard our picks, let's hear from fellow New Paltz students. 
So I'm here with Darnell, a student here at SUNY New Pulse. Darnell, how you doing today, man? I'm good. How are you? Good. Thank you. So the MLB season is now in the playoffs, obviously. The awards are coming up and the World Series is about to come up. So I'm just going to ask you a quick few questions. On Let's start off with the World Series. Who do you think are the two teams that are going to make it to the World Series this year? Um, Dodgers and Astros. For the MVPs this year, for the AL and NL. Who do you think are going to be the AL and NL MVPs this year? Um, for the AL, I think it's Shohei Otani. He had an incredible season uh, as a pitcher and a hitter. Um, for the NL, Bryce Harper, he had a great season. And the last question I have for you, AL and NL Cy Young this year. Um, Robbie Ray for the AL Cy Young. I think he was an unbelievable shutout pitcher, and as well as Walker Buehler for the NL. My name is Dominic, and I'm a student here. All right, Dominic. So who do you think is going to make it to the World Series, and who do you think is going to win it? I think Houston Astros and the Los Angeles Dodgers, and I think the Dodgers will win it. All right, who are your picks for AL and NL MVP this year? AL is Altuve, and NL is Mookie Betts. Now we will be moving on to the NBA. The NBA is obviously starting up a new season, 2021 season. With a new season comes new champions. So with that being said, who are our choices for this year's finals matchup? Um, let's start off with Anthony. All right. Finals matchup. It's tough. It's tough. I'm taking the Warriors out of the West. I know that. I think um, I think you got Curry, Thompson coming back, and I think they're going to make a move. I think they're going to make a move for somebody. They, got, they have that young kid that they drafted, uh, was that last year, two years ago? I think they're going to make a move for Ben Simmons. And I legitimately think Ben Simmons is going to fit on the Warriors and he's going to make them a powerhouse. Ben Simmons is in an awful situation right now. I'm a unpopular opinion. I'm a big Ben Simmons guy. I'm a believer in him. I think he's put in an awful situation. He's the type of guy that when you put him on the right team, when you put him on the right team in the right situation with shooters around him, he's going to get you the ball and he's got the passing talent, not of LeBron because no one, other than Magic Johnson, no one's got the passing talent of LeBron. He's got elite passing talent, elite vision, and he plays lockdown defense. It's pretty simple. I think I think the Warriors are going to be really, really good. They're probably going to be a top four team, top three team. I think – I don't know if they're going to make it out of the West. It's going to be tough. I see them running into the Lakers. Uh, the Lakers made a lot of moves this offseason, bringing a lot of veterans, you know, big names, but they've regressed through the years. Um you know, they bring in Dwight, they bring Dwight back, they bring Rondo back. I think those are two really good pieces off the bench. Melo, obviously, come on, who doesn't love Carmelo Anthony? Um, he, he's, he played well for the Blazers the past two seasons. Uh, I think I think he's going to come in and contribute well for the Lakers, probably come off the bench, maybe find himself in a starting role since they traded Kuzma. Uh, they bring Westbrook in. That's just the, the Westbrook, LeBron, and AD, they're going to have a great season together. Uh, I'm going to take them to come out the West. And out east, it is really hard to pick against Brooklyn. KD's the best player in the world right now. Harden is top six players in the world. Kyrie's top ten player in the world. They they are just a powerhouse team. Um, I would also like to see Giannis. I'm, I'm a Giannis fan, too. I would like to see Giannis repeat. But it's hard to pick against Brooklyn. So I'm going to go Lakers versus Brooklyn. I'll take Brooklyn in, Brooklyn in seven. Um, I'm going to go in the reverse order. I'm going to start with the east. Um and I preface this by saying congrats to the Bucks. Um, congrats to Giannis. Only reason they won that chip is because Brooklyn was hurt. 
And there's about 36 other reasons I can say for why the Nets lost that series. Uh, but I'll just keep it at injuries. You can tell I'm a Nets fan, right? Um, but anyway, uh, that's who I'm picking uh, out of the East, the Nets. Um, last year, one of their biggest problems, aside from injuries, was their lack of big men, a lack of defense. They still have a lack of big men. Um, Blake Griffin is going to be their best big man on the roster. But I think they they got much better with Patty Mills. They're bringing back Marcus Aldridge, who would have been a big help last year. And they bring in Paul Millsap. All three of them, very good. What we don't have here is they drafted Cam Thomas with their first draft pick that they owned in, like, however long. Um, that's another score, along with the big three, um, and Joe Harris. And I don't think that's really stoppable at all. Um, so I'm taking the Nets out of the East. I'm going to go unconventional in the West because the Lakers made a lot of moves. I, for some reason, they're just not, they're, they're just not hitting with me. Um, I'm going to go very unconventional and say the Nuggets. I think this is the year that Jokic, coming off the MVP year, is going to be going to prove to be a team leader. And, of course, Jamal Murray is coming back. Michael Porter Jr. continues to get better. Aaron Gordon is Aaron Gordon robbed of two dunk contests, but that doesn't really matter. Um, and I think the Nuggets might prove to be one of the best rosters in the West and come out of the West. The finals, that's a five. I mean, if they were playing, if they were, if they weren't playing the Lakers, yeah. Uh, but this here's my thing with the Lakers and, and why I think Westbrook addition is so big because you can now take LeBron off the ball. His responsibility of being the basically what he's been his whole career, the playmaker, running the show for the whole team, getting everybody shots. He can he can take a break from that. And Westbrook Westbrook's like going to be thirty three. Uh, but man, this guy can go like nobody, nobody's business. Like he's one of the most athletic players we've ever seen. We've ever seen in the NBA, and his ability to get up and down the floor is going to help them so much. You got Anthony. I mean, that's going to be they're going to be amazing to watch. And the veterans they have. Uh, my only concern with them is their um, their age, but uh, which I mean is is and health too. Uh, but if they're if they're healthy, they're coming out of the well. Actually, you know what? I'm going to go Anthony here. I think if if the Warriors can get Ben Simmons, they they're going to win win the West. They ah, I'm going to say they might be able to win the whole thing, but I, that might be too much. But if they get Ben Simmons, man, that that's going to be like showtime all over again. You get cuz nobody's guarding Curry, nobody's guarding Clay. The Lakers have don't have age on their side, so they wouldn't they wouldn't be able to guard them. If the Warriors make a move, I mean Ben Simmons is out there um, as a possible option. Um, yeah, I, mean, I, think, what, uh, I think if the Warriors get Ben Simmons, it's going to be real dangerous because uh, that'll that'll give Ben the chance to not have to you know lead the offense. Out in uh, I know Embiid leads the offense in Philly, but as a big man, he's really limited uh, when it comes to you know shooting threes. The league has become a three point shooting league now. Uh, Joel, obviously, he can hit the three, but that's not his game. 
Um, and Ben, he just, uh, I believe Ben is a really, really good player as well. You know, where you all got caught as prisoners of the moment because he had a very, very, very poor showing in the playoffs this season. Um, I think he took like less than 10 shots in the fourth quarter in all seven games in the Eastern Conference Finals. Uh, or what was the second round? Um, but yeah, if he goes to the Warriors, man, he's just going to do his thing. He's going to be a lockdown defender out there. He's going to just attack the basket. Uh, obviously, he still has to work on his free throw shooting. But he'll get better with that, especially, you know, I feel like anybody playing alongside Steph Curry and Klay Thompson will pick up some tips. But, um, yeah, I, I think the Warriors will be pretty pretty good this year, even if they don't pick up Ben or if they don't make any moves. But um, back to the Westbrook signing, I think that's that's a really, really big signing. I know a lot of people think that um, Westbrook, because his lack of shooting, he wouldn't be able to really work too well in L.A. But I think him being on the big stage, you know, him finally in a big-time market, playing alongside LeBron and A.D., I think it's going to go really well for them. AD has to really lead the way. LeBron, even though he's LeBron, I think should really be probably their third option most of the game. But obviously when it comes down to the fourth quarter, get the ball in LeBron's hands. But uh, I, I think it's going to be a really well, uh, a really great dynamic out there in L.A. this year, personally. Yeah. Um, the last thing I'll say, um, it's just very simple. In a lot of the interviews we had, many people chose the Nets. That seemed to be the consensus on the east side. I'm a man of the people. You know, so I'm going to go with the Brooklyn Nets as well. You know, we're in New York. Also on the West, full disclosure, I'm a Lakers fan. Picking the Lakers, I hear everybody with all these Warriors hypotheticals and all this stuff. It's beautiful, you know what I'm saying? We all can dream, you know. But um, I'm just going to stick with reality here. I'm going to go with the Lakers. And since I'm biased, I'm going to pick the Lakers in six. And we're getting them out of here. You know, shout out to the veterans on the Lakers, LeBron. AD uh, will be pushed by Westbrook every day. That's something that um, has been a problem with him, the inconsistency in his, in his effort levels and his energy. And Russell Westbrook will help bring that out of them. So just to wrap it up quickly, Lakers and Nets for me, Lakers and Six. And shout out Carmelo Anthony. Yeah, shout out Melo. Stay mellow. Now that you've heard our picks, let's hear from fellow New Paul students. Uh, Kyle, I'm a student. Hey, Kyle. So the NBA season is about to start, obviously. And we just wanted to ask you, who do you think is going to be in the NBA Finals matchup this year and why? Uh, I think it's going to be the Lakers and the Bucks, And I think uh, Kyrie and Harden aren't going to play very well in the playoffs together. Um, I think the Lakers are going to coast through the West. And the Bucks are going to probably try to repeat as champions, but they're going to lose in like six. So, yeah. Justin Parker, I'm a student. The Nets versus the Lakers this year. I think Harden and I'm gonna redeem themselves. I think Lakers, they're gonna uh, they're gonna put up a challenge, but they can't go all the way. My name is Jeremy Concepcion, and I'm a freshman business major on Nets and Lakers. They have the best lineups, both of them. Okay. They have three All Stars on each team. They also got a good developed cast, role players. They got everything. Okay. Appreciate you, man. All right, have a good one, bro. And that's all from the sports desk with myself, Anthony, Peyton, Kyle, Caleb, Kira, and Jake. We hope you enjoy our segment on PulseCast. This episode of PulseCast was brought to you by SUNY New Paltz's DMJ 393 podcasting class. Special thanks to Ed and Gina Carroll for their generous support. We hope you enjoyed listening as much as we enjoyed creating. Don't forget to subscribe for new episodes every semester.